First things first, Austin, I got to do a little bit of housekeeping. I got some really important housekeeping and that it looks like you have done some literal housekeeping. <coughs> oh, you mean the fact that we have that shelf? There, yeah. And oh, so okay. everything looks a bit more cleaner in the back. I could go through the VODs or your stream VOD, but like you had to have finally taken the yellow Pelican case out of the living room. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you just moved it out of frame. I did. <laughs> I finally returned that. Uh, you know, that. I think I've held on to that for, oh, Six I months? think a year. A year? Oh, no. I, I think it might have been a year. Yeah. Did they ask you I mean, for it? I mean, believe me, uh, it's, no, they never asked me for it. <laughs> Honestly, I probably could have gotten away with just keeping it, uh, which I'm pretty sure is Slax's plan. Don't tell anybody. But, uh, you know. <laughs> I, I was just honestly hoping they would just hire me again so I wouldn't have to, you know, ship it back and forth. But yeah, it was like, all right, time to make some more space. And that's been sitting there forever. It's it's really heavy, which is part of the reason why I was delaying putting it out there. Did you pay to ship it back? Did it, like, have return label no, attached already? No, no, no. Oh, okay. They, they, they send it with a prepaid label. They're going to get that package back and somebody at it, like, at the office where it's going to is going to be confused. They're going to be like... Wait, when did we, when did we send this out? <laughs> I like, I like both the cleanup in, in your background. I like the new shelf. I like the PS5 on its side. I also like the mustache that's going on. Thank you. The, uh, the mustache was, it started after TI, actually. I shaved the the bottom part of my beard and i left the the mustache for our, our vacation mm -hmm. and uh and i've just been growing it out ever since i'm uh it's the it's for the holidays for the holidays uh, i was i determined yeah I'm, i'll probably go back i'll i'll uh take it off after christmas but uh the part of the plan is to to go up and i'm gonna see my mom uh for christmas and i'm gonna trim down the beard and make the mustache really apparent and i think my mom will find it funny does she know that this is happening or are you gonna show up and you're gonna be like look at me no. i'm a child i'm a child exactly predator. that's that's <laughs> that's part of the plan is just to show up and her to be surprised by my appearance i love it um a couple of things have happened since we last talked um one i went down to mexico and I'm going to tell you about it. You went to Mexico. I went Why? to Mexico. <laughs> so this year, uh, well, I, I guess starting a couple weeks ago, but this is the year that basically all of my friends are turning 30. And a couple of them, mm -hmm. I want you to know the one person in the comment who points out that I say non-zero a lot. I just, I just thought about that and didn't say it because of you. You're in my fucking head. Anywho, sorry. Um, <clears throat> you know who you are. Anywho. A couple of them are getting married. So there is a lot of 30th birthday parties pending, including my own, um, and also bachelor parties pending. Because, I mean, who wouldn't want me in their bachelor party? Am I right? Am I right? Beacon True. of fun over here. Mm-hmm. Woo! So. A planner, first and foremost. <laughs> they're like. I would, I would bring you to my bachelor party just to get you to plan the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. You'd be like, Put okay. to work. We got, we got the fun guy, we got the drug guy, and we got the event planner. And I mm. fall into one of those categories way more than the other two. <laughs> um, so I, I went down to Mexico for the first time. We we drove across the we drove across the border, went down to Ensenada, and uh, so 
Tijuana is a city that has a, I would say, poor reputation for crime and violence, which is probably earned in some way, shape, or form, right? Like, that's mm-hmm. that's, that's the thing. It's kind of, I, I think it's, it's legitimately not super safe there. And we were all packed in a small car. There were five of us. And we were driving uh, with the destination of Ensenada, which is in Baja, California. So it's about an hour and a half away from San Diego. Because San Diego... Go ahead. Yeah? I... (laughs) I'm looking... List of cities by homicide rate. Uh Uh-huh. Top three? Where do you think Tijuana is? Top three? Yes. (laughs) Mexico is in the... Actually, Mexico dominates the top five. Uh, is Tijuana number I one? Kind of expected, but also didn't expect it to be that thorough. They also have seventh, but yes, Tijuana is number one. Okay. So. Uh, well, I, th- that just adds <laughs> so, like yes, it may have earned that <laughs> reputation. Yes, Joey. <laughs> that just earns data now to the stories for the people who don't believe me and think I'm being a little scaredy mm-hmm. cat. Five of us, one car, were trying to get down the coast of Baja California, and to do that, you kind of got to cut west across tijuana and get to like the highway that runs along the coast and that's like a it's like a pay road it's kind of maintained it's nice and we're gonna get down to ensenada um my friends who one of them has you know done a lot of vacationing in and around mexico they grew up in san diego their 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 parents are mexican uh just was like guiding us a little bit off of the gps route because the gps isn't the best there and um I don't want to exaggerate, but I felt like I almost died. <laughs> so, okay. So, so very scary moment. Um, good God. I really don't think my mom listens to this and she can't hear me downstairs, but like very scary moment. Um, and, and not even that scary, but like in my head, I was building it up a little bit is that uh, we went through more of a slummy rundown neighborhood in order to get to the freeway because we missed like the main road to get over to where we needed to be. And oh, I'm so like, the bad part of the murder capital of the world. Okay, yeah. Potentially, yes. And as we were driving down that road, um, we got stopped, which is something that you don't want to have happen, by construction workers because they were, like, apparently mm. repaving part of the Indiana Jones road that we were on. So there was a bunch of cones. And then when we go to back up, there's a car behind us that isn't really moving. And then also they're now blocking off behind us. So I'm thinking, okay, they're blocking off the road in front and behind. Like, let me just get my wallet out so I can give it to somebody and figure out, like, how to not get murdered. Uh Um, It's also, like, predominantly. Whose decision was it to go there for this uh, 30th birthday party? The, the, The birthday E. The, the okay. birthday um, mm. So his f- girlfriend is actually a Mexican national. She was born there. Um, oh, okay. She speaks some Spanish. She is very white. Uh, and no one would know mm. that she's a Mexican national unless you had paperwork to prove it. So with her, uh, they were like, oh, let's go to Mexico. And me being the great friend that I am, I wasn't like, ah, maybe that trip's not for me. I'm like, it's your 30th birthday, Brian. Of course I'm going to go. 
So I went, um, and you know what? I had a really good time for the ma- the vast majority of it. The one the one exception being being trapped on in front and behind in the car yeah, in so not the good part blocked of Tijuana. In. So we yeah. just kind of go over to a side street. Um, at what point we try and like loop around, and when we loop around, so in Tijuana, I didn't know this. Maybe this happens to other parts of Mexico. Maybe this happens to other countries that I'm just you know not aware of. Is that like the um, army just? The, the the federales just kind of drive around in big open trucks with a bunch of assault rifles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. we veer off, and then we're going. We're on like this really steep incline of this hole with a lot of potholes. And my friend is trying to navigate the potholes. Also, he has like a four banger car, so like the engine is not happy with the whole incline thing. And we're stuck nose to nose with one of these, you know, Federale trucks. And this guy is just sitting there like nonplexed with a large assault rifle. And I'm pretty sure that he's not going to hurt us, but like I'm pretty sure they're the good guys. But <laughs> you know, just just not you know the the most calming visual. Eventually, we get up to the peak of the road, uh, turn around, and then a car in front of us just stops in the middle of the road and puts their flashers on. And I'm like, oh, this is how we die part two. Um, so <laughs> we go around them. That road is also blocked off. We eventually find like a like a DoorDash style, style driver who is riding a motorcycle and is like presumably has an order he's taking somewhere. And we think that he probably knows which way to go to get around all the construction. So we follow him for a little bit, meet up with a bunch of cars, get to the main road. Eventually, we collectively exhale after about 10 minutes of thinking that we're all going to die. And uh, then we drove down Ensenada. It was great. Everything is very cheap. Uh, we had, like, a giant lobster dinner for, like, 20 bucks. It was weird. Um, anywho, my Spanish, passable to order food, impossible as soon as someone asked me a follow-up question. <laughs> yeah, which probably means you would have been very bad in a hostage situation. Yeah, no uh, say. No comprendo. Por favor, lo siento. Espanol is small. Um, yeah, uh, Tijuana has, uh, in 2019, they had 2,300 homicides, over 2,300 homicides. That's like 200 uh, a month. Yeah, that comes down to like 134 uh, homicides per 100,000 people. I'm really glad Which that you is, looked up these stats, friend. Yes, for per capita. Number two, Juarez is 104 per 100,000. So Tijuana is like, it, they're not first. They're first by a long shot. Oh, my God. Um, and, and the Juarez is uh, way ahead of the rest of the pack, too. So you were... <laughs> Tijuana is apparently really the murder capital of the world. Holy crap. So... I did not know this. Um, Mexico. Good for cheap food uh good mm-hmm. food sun when it's not gloomy we we were in a town that is predominantly driven by tourism uh from cruise ships but there was no tourism there so we were like the only outsiders around for the weekend basically all the bars were empty that was weird mm. um you can just buy a lot of drugs there that are like controlled and regulated in the states which is interesting um May or may not have got a bottle of Xanax for five dollars. Um, to plead the fifth right. there, if anybody asks. But um, <laughs> the, you know, it's it's really interesting. All the drugs were like really cheap, and I'm like, I have no need for like painkillers or like muscle relaxers or anything. But I went 
hey, how much uh, how much does the Adderall cost? And they're like, oh, man, white people. <laughs> the guy said this. He spoke English more than some other people there. He's like, white people love those. Uh, we charge $10 a pill. <laughs> and I'm like, holy shit. God damn. Uh, yeah, so had an Airbnb down there for the weekend. Came back up. And because I don't have uh, global entry like some of my other friends did, me and one other person got to wait in line to cross the border back to San Diego on foot, which was an experience. All these people mm-hmm. complaining about the border. It was very nice and organized. I mean, maybe I was at a good time, but like, I don't, I don't know what the problem was. We, we got, uh, like, we just waited like an hour. We crossed on foot. They looked at my passport. They said, I "Guess you belong here." Walked across. There was no bathrooms on the american side but there were on the mexican side so like i mean should have should have peed in mexico but uh yeah so so that's what i was that's what i was doing last last sunday monday <laughs> you want to i've been i've been reading through this list now uh-huh uh the the top 50 which there are some recent statistics mm-hmm. apparently fresnillo uh, in 2021 uh which is a smaller city only 240,000 people 202 homicides per uh, 100,000 people. Uh, in the top 50, it's pretty much all the Americas uh, and South Africa. Uh, that that is that is the full list. Uh, but my question to you is: uh, There are four U.S. Uh, cities Detroit. in this list. Uh, we, okay, and I was going to ask you what can you can you think of what cities those would be? Detroit is on the list. Detroit is way down on the list. Okay. Detroit is actually fourth in the U.S. list. Okay. Um, so there are three cities ahead of them. Oh, man. Um, cities that have really high... I, and and, that's, and is, this is per capita, right? Yes. Um, oh, man. Detroit just makes sense because it's a meme. I would say... I'm trying to think of like a t- like a place in California. Is Los Angeles on the list? No, 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 no. no, no. San Juan uh, is 16th on the okay. list. Okay. Uh, oh, um, fuck me. Um, Maryland. Um, oh, this is Baltimore? so embarrassing. Yes. Baltimore is on the list. They're 11th. And above, okay, Baltimore. so they're above Detroit. I mean, obviously, they're all above Detroit. I Yes, and number one for the U.S. and number ninth on the total list is St. Louis. St. Louis? Is that many yeah, homicides? Yeah, St. Louis is, uh, n- yeah, apparently. I think it's because it's smaller. There's only 300,000 people who live there. Huh. Uh, so maybe 2019 was just a really bad year or something. God, that's that's wild. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. No, never no, never it. mind. St. Louis was a really bad year in 2021 too. So. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> so never mind about that. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> um. Well, I survived the murder capital of the world, and to anybody who was listening in Mexico, which I saw the Spotify Wrapped, and there's a number of people. Um. Beautiful country. Glad I didn't yes. get killed. <laughs> yes it is what what have you been keeping busy with buddy i you might have been if, if i had to if i had to guess at what you've been doing maybe maybe a bit of bit a bit, bit of work for uh 2023 and maybe what's going on yeah, with uh, uh with ye well, olde arkosh gaming 
Yes, I've been uh, I've been very busy. There's been a lot of stuff that is going on uh, behind the scenes. Uh, some of the stuff I can't talk about yet. Uh, some of the stuff I can talk about, which is the Arkosh stuff, and that has been uh, well. It came <laughs> it came down to the wire. So like two days ago, we put out the announcement that the old Arkosh roster was being released, and uh, and then yesterday, right before the deadline. Uh, we put out the announcement uh, of the new roster uh, with a super, super good hype video um, that our editor, uh, Mr. Chicken Nuggets and uh, like and guy. Slacks put together. They did uh, a sick job. If you haven't checked out that video, definitely check it out. It's probably the best team announcement uh, video you'll ever see. Was there? Liquid included. Was there? Okay, I just want one of them. I think had more <laughs> upvotes on Reddit. Not that that's an indicator of anything. Not that I want to. You know, it's, it's whatever. I'm, oh, I'm really happy wow. for both Big of multi-million us. Multi-million dollar organization beats the three guys in their pajamas. Good job. <laughs> I, Two thousand upvotes. Good job. You know what? Fuck the little guy. You're right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so were you anxious? at all about waiting until close to the end of the uh, time period to actually register the DPC <laughs> You have team. no idea. You have no idea how anxious I was. All right, so we uh, released the, or old, old uh, the old team. That has been uh, a thing that we knew that we were going to do for a very, very long time. We started trying to build a new team at TI, uh, and we talked to a number of pro players. Most of them I will not name because I think in some ways, maybe it looks bad on them if they're considering Arkosh. Um, but uh, one of them... I listen to uh, We listen Say to, Yes, <laughs> I listened to Suns fan. Uh, he'd say he talked to Quinn, and Quinn's plan was, uh, you know, either go to Europe or go to Arkosh. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that was, that was a conversation that we had with Quinn. Uh, we pretty much had conversations with... Uh, Men, most of the America's pro players uh, who are streamers, uh, we had that conversation. And there was a lot of people who said that they would be down, uh, but then later uh, said, ah, well, I'm, I'm one more year. Or like they got some sort of offer that was too good uh, for them to not play this year. Um, so, which makes sense. I think a lot of people were a lot of pro players naturally when they lose a TI and stuff like that, they're like, fuck this. I no longer want to be a pro player sort of mm -hmm. thing. So it's easier for them to be like, yeah, I want to do something different. Um, but you know, then once the next season starts up and people start asking about teams and stuff like that, it's hard for people to give up on their dreams. Uh, even if it's very unlikely that they'll achieve those dreams, it's, you know, they still want to go for it. You don't want to go into retirement while still having regrets. You want to like give it your all and then retire. So that, that I appreciate everybody who, who did go back and decide, okay, maybe not. But we <laughs> did have some pretty fire rosters lined up at some point in time that would have been super sick, both on a streaming and content front, as well as a uh, actual player front, um, which what we ended up with is, is still amazing. Um, but yeah, we went through like, 20 different iterations of this roster Shit. we got blocked in so many different ways whether it was players decided to go back or uh like other circumstances preventing us from going with a team that we wanted to go for i mean there was uh pretty much everybody on this current roster that we ended up with almost everybody on that list was not on most of the other lists that we had for teams uh yeah we we this, in fact, we came to a point in time where 
there was uh some, some really forbidden forbidden names he who shall not be named sort of people uh that were potentially ending up on the roster um but then ultimately decided it was too big of a brand risk uh for us to go that route and so we almost said it takes uh, more okay. than an offer from a fake usa team to make my uh pp go hard no no all right that is not that would never be a possibility, first of all jesus christ that was too too deep and too dark there joey but uh there was definitely some names on the list that um would have been interesting to say the least but um uh we ultimately decided if it was between like potential brand risk or not doing it at all potentially for the whole year because what's going to change we can't get a lineup this season what's going to change next season you know uh so we almost didn't have a lineup period uh but it all came kind of came together in the last 24 hours so super relieved about that now all they have to do is qualify i think a couple things uh max great idea we gotta stop mm. sharing players though it's we've like we've been they're... working on that one for like a year man a year ago koifa said no way but <laughs> slacks worked on him and worked on him and we finally got him let's go great great guy i think that y'all are probably just the favorites to qualify for a spot at this point like at this yes. point there's expectations because like the roster on paper doesn't look bad. I would argue the roster on paper looks better than some of these teams I'm seeing in division one. Yeah. So I would agree that, I mean, this was a roster that almost ended up in division one. Uh, but, uh, we tried to buy a division one slot that ended up falling through for <laughs> something else. That's, uh, the offer for I'm five just... rat four staff wasn't good enough for him. Like they were really, I, I'm just interested to see what, uh, who did take the division one slot, how they do. And if they're still in the DPC by the end of the year sort of thing. But, uh, I think our, our, our lineup would have been a, a legitimate division one, uh, contender. Uh, I think they'll do perfectly fine. In the open qualifiers. I'm not really too stressed about that, especially since there's four qualifiers, uh, I'm not sure Four? what's up with that, but I guess it means that two teams just abandon their spots entirely. Oh, uh, that's not on Wikipedia yet. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, they like the. I don't know. There, there's definitely an announcement. There was definitely like four qualifiers put forward, so this is at least somewhat public information. Um, and I'm not terribly surprised that two like two teams gave up their Division Two slots. That's not terribly surprising. Uh, I do know there's some, I, I don't know all the rosters and like where they're going to end up Div 2 versus Div 1 wise, but I do know that there are definitely some buying of slots, um, which is definitely more commonplace and accepted now. Uh, when are we going to find out what a slot costs? Like, I, that's what I want to know. Uh, well, it costs a bare minimum of $22,000 because that's what you get for getting eighth place, I believe, oh, in the Div 1 Oh, that DPC. makes a lot of sense. Yes. And you get nothing if you get knocked out of Division 2. So the bare minimum that you can make if you get into Division 1 is $22,000, uh, and then you drop down to Div 2, and if you get 7th or 8th, you get no money whatsoever. So that is, like, the bare minimum you should be selling that slot for. That makes uh, a lot. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that also requires you to either have some sort of, like, setup where you could pay for that slot up front, which is a lot of money, uh, or have the buyer be willing to wait until you get that. And, yeah, it's it's a, it's a setup that's, that's kind of messy in that regard. But 
there are there are a lot of uh interesting na stacks and i don't know who's buying what slots sort of thing so i actually don't know who's in open qualifiers interesting interesting i look that i mean that sounds like content for us to talk about in a week in a week or two when we find out more i asked the question about uh if you were nervous about the the final day stuff because we also submitted our last player like i don't know like maybe eight to 12 hours before the deadline and that was really contentious i had to like beg will and other people to be like hey, everybody, it's going to be fine. Can we just fucking wait to Friday so I can finish editing this video? And they're like, what if something goes wrong? And I'm like, what's going to go wrong? And then apparently something went wrong when we tried to register. So, you know. Oh, was that uh, it was 24 hours before, I think, the deadline hit? I do know there were some teams who were having problems uh, signing up. Like, as in they put it in, us. they were giving, like, an error. Mm-hmm. Yeah. so you get you were one of those guys yeah, yeah. It, it, it got resolved and like there's it, the world where valve would be like uh sorry we had a website error, and you guys <laughs> guess you guys can't play like that's just not gonna happen like i'm not really worried about that I don't we think have... so either but there's also like i'll use your word a non-zero chance that that could happen <laughs> like that's the crazy part right is that you just don't know valve is just in so many ways an unknown entity when it comes to rules and stuff like that that you just don't maybe they'll just won't get back to you you know, maybe you you can't register on this site and there's an error or something and maybe there you send a complaint and they just never get back to you. Yeah, <laughs> I think that we would have like legacy privilege and probably be okay. But but like it, yeah, it was con- it was contentious internally to try and push the announcement of Nisha as late as possible. Mm. So uh, background background from my side uh, on 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 the liquid half of of the fun roster announcement is that. We have known about Nisha for a minute. <laughs> Almost like immediately after TI or something, yeah. That's that's hearsay and a rumor. I don't know anything about that. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> but so nobody like internally really was pushing for like a plan to like take photos with Nisha and like do something. And then I got back from this extended vacation that we had and I went, Hey everybody, what's the Nisha situation? And they went, (laughs) what? What? And like that. So now this feels almost like I'm calling out some of my own coworkers, which I guess is the the case. It's what I'm doing, but okay. You're also calling out yourself in some way. This is, you know, you needed to delegate this to somebody Mm -hmm. and that person needed to get it done. I don't know. It was like totally my responsibility, but like I, I made it my responsibility very quickly. <laughs> yes. And I'm like, hey, hey, everybody, we have to do something immediately. <laughs> so, so we got Nisha got on a plane and was in uh, the Netherlands on Tuesday morning Europe time, and we did the okay. announcement on Friday. So wow, it was, was a fast turnaround. It, it, it was a very quick turnaround. Uh, it ended up being like something that we partnered with SAP on to like a little bit of money, which is why there's some branding in our announcement. Uh, we got him to do an mm. interview. We, you know, filmed a little bit of a cinematic open. Like there was a lot of people who worked really hard in like a crunch scenario to make it happen. I'm really did in in a short time span. But oh boy, was that. <laughs> Was that not ideal for us? Yeah, our our announcement had some uh, similar uh, time problems there. Uh, as in, we were deciding between two different players 24 hours before, I think, the lock went in. Uh, and we were working on the video uh, the day before. And I think we wrote the scripts. And then I sat in 
uh, me and Avery sat in with Slacks and Philip as they ed edited the video together. But uh, we didn't have to fly anybody. We just took pictures and photoshopped them over, over fantasy <laughs> images. So our setup's a little bit easier to do on short notice than yours. So here, here's the thing that I'm thinking about this is that there's two reasons why this had to be like a win for Team Liquid. One, mm -hmm. you have to service Nisha because it is legitimately big news, I think. Yes. Like, it, it, to, you can't fart out on that one and just, like, toss a graphic up. Two, because there was so much negative neg – that's not a word. There was so much negativity around what EG did in their roster announcement that yes. I think everybody collectively is, like, hyper-aware that they do not want to be put in that camp right i yes. think that that's why we, we saw made Secret fun of stuff. them joey and you guys almost ended up in the same situation <laughs> you made fun of them very on the nose that video is funny i mm -hmm. <laughs> like uh nigma did something and i don't know if that if what they were thinking with that but like they made a video for amar which was wild that had miracle in it right like they they mm -hmm. did a thing um, Secret did more than we've seen them do in the past. We've seen other teams consistently, uh, like, like I think, put forth a little bit more effort. And I suspect that a part of that is because Ichi fucked up so bad. Yeah. If Ichi was, like, the last announcement of the season, then, you know, maybe I, I could see what you're saying, how everybody would have just kind of, like, mailed it in, like they kind of always do. Uh, but, yeah, everyone stepped up their game this year. Thanks, EG. Uh, except for one other organization, uh, which I guess we'll start talking about rosters uh, soon enough because I want to talk about that Shopify Rebellion. Uh, the Shopify Rebels, I guess, is what they're called. You see their announcement? Everybody else got the memo of not to just throw out a graphic except for them, apparently, because they one-upped evil geniuses. They took their roster, and they apparently took their fucking promo and uh, and threw out a graphic. They did do a stream. I will say that. They did do a stream, with, and Arteezy was on it and stuff, but, like, for the most part, it was a graphic, and even worse than EG, they had the wrong person on the graphic. How do you fuck that up? How do you fuck that up? I do not know the size of Shopify Rebellion's internal team. I know that uh, the person who's doing a lot of the show running over there is 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 Dario, uh, TLO, the little one, mm -hmm. Liquid TLO. Mm -hmm. uh, I have oodles amounts of respect for him. I'm a big, big Dario fan. Yeah. Don't know how you fucked that up, buddy. I don't. I don't, don't know if. Don't know how you fucked that up. I don't think that was that was him specifically doing it, but like there no. either wasn't enough quality control, enough people working on it, or like I don't, I don't maybe maybe Shopify Rebellion just needs to like hire more esports staff if they're being more serious about like fielding teams. They're in like Dota and Halo and and Melee and the uh, Valorant. Valorant. Uh, their big thing is they have a really big Valorant team, and I believe they have a really big uh, or successful Starcraft. Rocket League. Uh, mm -hmm. For the bigger esports, they're obviously in StarCraft as well. They're not in the finals though right now, which uh, Team Liquid is for the Rocket League. Uh, so it's whatever. Oh um, wow! Anywho, Look at you guys. Anywho, uh, yeah, finals are tomorrow. But how do you fuck that? Up? Like honestly, like how much money? And and I, I have an understanding that this this deal was like probably one of the better deals of the entire. Like how much money did you throw these guys, and then you just fuck up the announcement like that? 
Honestly, it just boggles my fucking mind how you can spend like this how some organizations just spend millions of dollars on a team but then can't like fucking j market the team I to can, a bare minimum i can maybe think about that for a little bit so like what does rebellion have well they have the first part of the name it's shopify right which essentially is a company that has infinite amounts of money <clears throat> in uh -huh. 2022 so i suspect that it is <laughs> yeah. easier for them to buy talent and put them other under their banner than it is to build out like a staffing department to support everything i would be willing to bet that their spend right now is maybe one of the most i'm not talking about a dota i'm talking about like esports in general and again mm -hmm. this is completely con like i do not know anything but i would be willing to make the hypothesis that the ratio of money spent on player salaries versus support staff is the most lopsided <laughs> for them because they can they can really easily just like get money presumably right and give them the players yeah but it's harder to like build out a business that that's different so yeah i i agree but money does solve a lot of things when it comes to business mm -hmm. <laughs> i don't know it just makes me mad when i see these sorts of things just because uh, i mean to be honest i feel like esports is full of a lot of idiots uh and a lot of of just people we can like, talk about tsm like, later succeed <laughs> who you know just fail upwards and stuff like that and and this was just one of the more public examples of just like how like i just feel like there's just so much waste in this regard uh things like this just happen all the time this is just one of the more public ones this is a conversation that's probably going to be had by like everybody who's a pundit everybody who wants to talk about it on reddit everybody who's an na fan is this smart for shopify to just like take this roster like it seems like even some of the public are just tired of this Arteezy, Bulba, Crit, Fly stack. I mean, it depends on what you want out of the roster. Um, so, like, I remember talking to a sponsor recently, um, and there I was talking basically to their esports person, and then they in turn have to talk to non-esports people. Um, and they said, like, one of the things is uh, that it's very easy to translate trophies. You know, trophies translate no matter what, even if you know nothing about esports. A team holding a trophy translates very well. Mm -hmm. You know, these guys are winners. You understand that. Um, whereas other uh, aspects of esports, um, such as like content creation, YouTube, and social media numbers, may not translate as well. So everybody understands trophies. And this is probably one of the uh, most consistent teams in Dota's history. If you do not overly focus. I'm not going to say leave out TI, but if you don't overly focus on TI, if you were to trade TI like any other tournament, then this EG stack would be one of like, I mean, if if they weren't in Dota and they were in another esport that had a more level playing field, like you just like, let's say more like CSGO, right? Where there's like maybe two majors a year and there's these other big tournaments and like, so you can have your peaks and valleys, but there isn't like, they would probably be like, they would go down as one of the most dominant teams, right? Mm -hmm. They would go down as like next to Virtus Pro or stuff like that, you know, because being consistently top three is very impressive. Um, so if you're looking for that out of your roster, yeah, if you're looking for like the specific Dota community to be hype about your talent, then no, but to be honest, what does that get you anyway? 
Not a ton, really. Like, you're right. If you're talking about trophies, I mean, this, this is really early to call this shot, but I'm looking at the Division One NA page on the Kopia right now. I'm tabbing through the teams. I'm looking at the players. We'll talk about more of them in a second. But um, I don't see a world where EG's not going to win three DPC trophies. Excuse me. Where Shopify Rebellion is not going to win three DPC trophies in NA this year. Like, yeah, uh, it looks like think... TSM's strength has nosedive. It looks like Saberlight, mm. who was my favorite member of TSM by a margin for many reasons, yeah. is now making their team, making Shopify even stronger. And what competition is there? BA didn't win games for like eight months last year or something. We don't know who the, who this stack yeah. with like ESK and like Napkin is. Like, Nouns probably still isn't a real team. <laughs> Wait, ESK might... is playing with Napkin? Yes. How you? Where where is that slot? Where, where are you seeing this team? I need to know. This is the. It, it's just on the Wikipedia right now. Mm, interesting. I mean, yeah, okay. I mean, it could be. Who knows, right? <laughs> uh, I'm sure I'll have more to say about that one later. But uh, yes, I think that very likely uh, Shopify Rebellion uh, will. I mean, they're they're gonna go to majors, right? Uh, Everyone, if not every major. Everyone, thing, they're gonna win every season. I probably think. most of them. I still think, especially with the addition of Saberlight, who I, I also think Saberlight is very good, um, and I think he'll slot into this team pretty well um, with his kind of play style. I, I'm pretty optimistic that they're going to do well at majors and stuff like that. Like, I agree with, with Reddit. Like, I actually did want to see, just for a change, I just wanted to see this lineup kind of blow up. I think we talked about this on the previous podcast. I wanted to see these guys on different teams just because I think it would shake up the Dota scene. I think it would make things a lot more interesting to watch. Um, but I do not agree with Reddit in the fact that, like, these guys could never make it or something like that. Um, I, I think, the, you know, Saberlight is a very nice addition, and they've shown that they can do very well in the past. Uh, yeah, maybe they choked some some grand finals and stuff like that, but uh, I would <laughs> I would still back a team that... It gets consistently, you know, top three, top fours, um, as opposed to a team that could have, could win TI, but could also not make TI at mm -hmm. all. Uh, I think you've got one of the closer things to a sure thing uh, with evil geniuses when it comes to, to making TI. This is going to be the most sure thing out of any team in the entire DPC, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah Dude, who's um, gonna be the first you so you again just said eg uh who's gonna be the first person on broadcast who calls them eg <laughs> oh i'm sure there's gonna be there's gonna be a whole lot of fuck ups uh, when it comes to that especially since you're not actively calling a different team eg if you are covering the na broadcast uh -huh. right? yep, yep if you're covering the na broadcast and you were calling a different team eg all the time but eg is going to be in south america so it's not even like there's that team to really break you of that habit uh so yeah it's it's gonna happen it won't be me <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna call out some some other teams to talk about real quick we can go like division yeah. division um sonics quinn is now over in europe but everybody yes. else like doesn't have a team is that correct did mss get a team mss got a team he's on old g okay. uh he is playing with them Okay. Um, their statement about old G is that like uh, they they kind of put forward like ah oh, this is kind of a fun team. I don't believe them for a second. I think um, I think that they are taking the OG mentality of old, which was the fact like who the fuck cares regular season only care Ti. Mm -hmm. uh, 
Uh, but I don't believe for a second this is a this is a team bald or an Arkosh. Uh, I I fully anticipate that these guys are going to be strong competitors, especially later on in the year. And I think they are going to gun for TI, and I think they they uh, will uh, if they make it to TI could have a very high placement at TI. Uh, I don't believe for a second this is uh, no practice, no scrim team. I bet that depends on their results. I think if they see result, like I, I bet the results are going to be proportional to the level of effort. But I suspect that you're right. Yes, but at the same time, okay. Like I say, if there's if they don't make division one by the end of season two, then yes, I think we'll see some sort of roster change up, uh, and maybe some of them will be full meme team, and then some of the more serious members will go on to to be, to more serious teams. Couldn't but, Thompson have found like a real team? Yeah, I, I just don't believe that Thompson and MSS are content just to to meme around. And I also don't think that Seb is either. And I also don't believe No-Tail is like do you remember the 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 uh free to play or whatever that true site uh the the after their TI8 win? That guy was a, the most fearsome competitor of all of them when they were talking about it he was like where do we go from here we'll win another one you know he was mm -hmm. dead ass serious about that i don't believe for a second that no tail's just gonna be dropping all this i think they're they are not going to care about the first season or maybe even the second season uh but i do think be because they're gonna take a whole og thing of just like chilling out and not really uh like if they could they would not play at all i think uh but nowadays with the dpc setup you do kind of need to be in the circuit you have to is uh what do you put stock in tsm's new roster we saw we saw an addition of, of white mon and ari uh ari i've heard very very good things about um my limited uh from what i've seen of him uh seems pretty good but this is all in all is a roster that is just full of question marks i guess um very high potential ceiling with tomato uh, I think anywhere, the, any team that has Tomato, uh, I have a fair amount of faith in, but I don't know who Kasani is. Uh, I don't really have that much footage of Ari, though I've heard very good things about him. I, uh, what I know of him is apparently he's been like, he's only been in Dota for a very short amount of time. Uh, I think even he's the, maybe a couple the years player? ago, he was like 4K or something like that. Like he skyrocketed. This dude is, I think, probably insanely talented, extremely motivated. Um, so he could be like one of those defining players, uh, for a lineup. Um, but you know, maybe, maybe one or two of them flop. So Ryle also has had probably one of the bigger glow ups, uh, last of the last, like two, three years of North American players. So I'd say so the, the roster like gives me hope that I think that they could, you know, really be contending for that second spot that is <laughs> Shopify. But that's also maybe because... being a coach, I think could be really good. Yeah, um, I think so too. Because I think he's a great captain. So slotting him into the coach slot makes a lot of sense. So uh, yeah, I, I, I think this TSM roster could be pretty fearsome. It's just higher ceiling and lower floor than Shopify rebellion. I just think that it's hard to to choose anybody else over them like i'm not excited by any of these other rosters that exist sure. in na right That's and maybe fair. i'll be proven wrong by that i i hope i'm proven wrong by that but like i don't expect much from b8 aside from it being a cool story that they're like getting to come play in america yeah 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 
Oh, so they already have the the people listed in Division One, huh? They do. Yeah. That uh. <laughs> yeah, the esque napkin plus two Russian players, and, and then you've got nine. uh bait four Ukrainians and moose. Uh, there was a post that Sammy Boy put out there. I mean, I don't really care about this sort of thing. NA, if you look at like League of Legends uh, and stuff like that, and uh, look, NA is always kind of like a bad region when it comes to the PC games. Uh, Sammy Boy's playing on a team with talent. three imports. Yeah, I, I, like I, I generally don't care about this sort of thing. Um, it just incentivizes, like, people are going to come to North America to try and make their way, and I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Uh, I don't care if they're NA players in the DPC. It could be entirely Europe and Southeast Asia coming to North America, for all I care. I, I don't really care about that Maybe whatsoever. that's in the future. If I'm going to port over to uh, to South America... I think the biggest news for me is that Alliance now has two teams and invested in a Latin American team. I think they just like basically took a Corey and were like, these are ours now. Uh, good mm -hmm. business move by Alliance. Yes or no? Um, I think, I mean, didn't we talk about this like a year or two ago that like teams investing in South American teams? Yeah. Uh, and I mean, even recently, you know, around TI too, we've had similar conversations. Yeah, and I think uh, people are now seeing that this isn't just like a Beast Coast fluke sort of thing. Um, obviously, this last TI really blew the doors open by uh, South America getting a one top eight team and one top six team. Um, so they were actually one of the better performing regions. Um, and I think they're just going to continue to grow. I'm not expecting like a continued like exponential growth. Um, but I do think South America, uh, way more than, than North America, uh, I think South America is, is going to become the dominant region, uh, of the two, uh, over time. I think that's only natural, especially since there's less NA players playing and it's less, uh, viable to be a North American player. But then again, maybe it's not viable to be a player in South America either if they're not getting their payout for the DPC. So, you know, fuck dude. Holy <laughs> shit. Calm down, Austin. Oh my God. Oh. Yeah, uh, real quickly, there's a, this big deal about 4D, who is the uh, organizer of last year. They did not pay out for Tour 3, I believe. I, they have said they paid out like half of it or something like that, and they're working on the other half or, or some deal like that. Um, but that is a big problem. What a nightmare uh, for everybody. For everybody, and a big problem potentially for the future uh i won't say more about that but there is something to be said like people like to say oh this is why sponsors don't show up blah 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 i don't think this really affects uh too many things in too many big areas except for one specifically which is especially as dota gets older uh which is um not game ruining but match fixing mm -hmm. i i think that like when you just don't get paid out like that 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 i think incentivizes match fixing more than anything else because if you're not making money the, the legit way then fuck it why not just make some money like the illegitimate way uh and get something for your time uh so i think this sort of, sort of thing is very very bad um and i think match fixing is something that you have to keep your eye on uh now and in the the future um i think that's 
a potential vulnerability that we need to be examining closely in Dota. <sighs> Who got the better exchange between Beast Coast and Evil Geniuses of the of the region being shooken up? Uh, I think Evil Geniuses for sure. I mean, for, I said sure. at TI that my dream team was Bacaz and Whisper on the same lineup. Because uh, I think Bacaz carried that old lineup, and I think Whisper carried uh, his old lineup. So them being on the same team Shout together. Shout out Matthew, too. Uh, yeah, 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 for sure. Matthew was, was instrumental. Uh, I think, you know, Chris Luck and Pandaboo, they're great players. So uh, I have a lot of faith in this uh in this eg lineup i think they are the clear favorite for me um but south america is pretty competitive overall um so is, we'll just have to to wait and see i'm not familiar with the people who are on thunder awakens new roster which is kind of a bummer because they just like had a breakout year and then just got poached so now the brand of the team just has people who i don't really know Excel's a pretty old name. He was, um, he's been on, I'm sure he was like on infamous. Most Peruvian players were at some point in time. Um, if you're an older name. So I'm going to guess he was on, uh, one of the older infamous lineups and alone was the stand in who did very, very well at the Arlington major for, I forgot who he stood in for, but he's a beast. He did uh, like even better that he proved himself on land. So now if you can get yourself to land, you know, you've got one guy who's going to excel uh no pun intended <laughs> i like that um who so the organizer for we talked about the last one being a little bit and having some issues who's doing the dpc circuits this season do you know like because it says it's, it's like who is who is esb yes esb is the organizer uh i have only lightly heard of them that's all I'll say about that. Uh, ESB, uh, I'll be able to talk more about them in the in the future, hopefully. But ESB um, got it, and since 4D didn't pay out, probably for the best. Um, so, yeah, th I don't really know a whole lot about them. Um, PGL got NA and Western Europe. Um, Did they also get Eastern Europe? No. No, they, they they did not. I don't want to spoil. Okay, ePulse got Southeast Asia. I believe they announced. Um, Eastern Europe is Paragon, which is a new company, um, which is made up of the people who put on the initial epicenter. If you remember those first couple of epicenters. Oh yeah, I do. Who well, the guys who put that? Were they those just called on, epicenter? Which were really good then? tournaments. They were really good shows. Um, the they they formed a new company, I believe, and they're called Paragon. Cool. Okay. So and then China is Perfect World, who currently, uh, or I don't know if this is done yet or not, but obviously they aren't going to do the English coverage. Um, so somebody else is going to do that. So, um, so. it's mo it's a lot of fresh faces. It's a lot of fresh faces. It seems like. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I personally don't think it's... Um, okay, so some recent information I thought was interesting that I learned um, was from a tournament organizer perspective. Um, it is better to have a TPC season than it is to have a major. Interesting. Um, from a financial point of view, which I thought was pretty interesting. 
Um, I wasn't sure which one would be better, like sponsorship wise versus obviously the cost for doing a major are much, much higher, mm -hmm. right? So you would have to sell a whole lot more, but it is a grander event. So I wasn't sure how that would actually pan out, but I learned recently that a DPC region, uh, because the costs are so low, uh, probably, um, is, is much preferred. So, yeah. Interesting. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to keep cranking through some of these and talk about some Southeast yeah. Asian Dota who okay. has been making some news because because Bleed is a new brand that I have not seen before. And I don't think they're directly taking... Oh, no, nope, I lied. They are. They're kind of uh, taking over the seat that T1 had because it looks like T1 has divested from Dota, which is interesting. Yeah, uh, not terribly great. Uh, I don't know a ton about Bleed, but I think they're mobile games. Am I, am I, do you know about that? I don't. I have not. Everybody, I'm going to be very honest, didn't do my research. Don't know. Don't know. Okay. They have a Valorant uh, team. So. But they're not like uh, in, I, in but, like the VCT. So like, do they really have a Valorant team? Mm, yeah, that's a good point. Mm. Uh, Blacklist, on the other hand, I do know comes from mobile games. They're from uh, Mobile Legends. Um, bang, so bang. they're from that side of things, which is really good for Southeast Asia overall um because mobile games are are massive so i think those organizations are actually like people think of mo like esports players classic esports players think of mobile games as like a step down um but from an organization's per perspective i think it may actually be a step up um just because mobile games are massive and i think they're huge money makers and i would imagine their esports organizations do pretty well um so and mobile games are really big in southeast asia which is why you're probably going to see more of them cropping up there mm -hmm. as opposed to other places I really am bummed about the T1 thing, only because I love seeing big cross-game brands like existing, especially mm. in the Dota space. And maybe there's a world where they come back into it. Maybe there's a world where this is just a response to the economy, and you see a lot of teams like look at look at Cloud Nine, look at Liquid, look at T1, look at like most, look at G2, look at most places. Yeah. You've seen people get rid Cloud of Nine. rosters. It might just is did Cloud Nine get out of like five different games or something like that? That was like kind of accurate. Like, <laughs> yeah i was just like i i remember reading some comments somebody pointed out like all of the the rosters that they've dropped over the last like year or something like that holy crap that's, i suspect uh, that they scary. have problems with their crypto partner um but uh, that is that is who, who are they are they the same as are they with ftx as well uh, no i think they have blockchain.com <laughs> okay, okay. maybe i'm really not sure yeah uh just a side note on that esports is in a weird place because of because of crypto because crypto is they gave us so much money become a backbone they gave us so much money when i say us i mean like the industry right like yeah. so many teams were were planning on that revenue and then when people pull out of contracts you go shit yeah <laughs> what 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 do you find interesting about the southeast asia shakeup i'm gonna be honest i don't really i i feel i feel weakest in the c region in terms of like who is actually a good or bad move for any particular team regardless of who um is like on the final roster i will say that i'm excited uh for boom i'm excited to see Fnatic stay relatively the same too i think that those are two teams that stand out for me um does anybody else pique uh your interest so I think that we're seeing, uh, I don't know if this is just like, um, I don't know what it is about this trend, but it does seem to be that there is a trend of C players coming back to Southeast Asia. Um, so we had Afu, I think, uh, last year 
come back this year. Uh, Ollie is, is coming back, and if there was another and Ex name. Nova. Ex Nova. That's right. That's uh, that's another big name that has come back. So we're seeing um, some of these Southeast Asian players who played on Chinese teams for for a bit. They're coming back to Southeast Asia. That could say bad things about uh, the Chinese organizations and Dota. There, I mean, we've all heard the the Dota how Dota player base uh, in China has is gone down pretty dramatically, and how they're not actually playing Dota anymore, but they're playing like four plus two and some of the custom games and stuff like that. But um, yeah, they're coming back to Southeast Asia. So um, Talon is definitely the other lineup because um, I I think that at least some of those names uh, I'm pretty invested in. I think Twenty Three Savage and Jabs uh are are very good and uh, i think ollie um i mean in general southeast asia has had a problem with um not having captains right that has been the problem for southeast asia for the longest time and i think that that doesn't uh like it's made worse by the fact that many of the southeast asian players that went over to china were support players now yeah. i can't necessarily say that they were captains per se but you're more likely to have a support player be a captain. So um, the fact that they're coming back and potentially there are more captains coming back to Southeast Asia uh, could be good. Um, that that lineup that I just mentioned, Talon, I don't know if Ollie is the captain. I kind of feel like Jabs holds that role because um, that's what he has been mm. in traditional in the past. But I'm just saying in general, like maybe X Nova. I don't know if he's captaining Boom, for example. When you're talking about people going back, you also got to talk about Dubu, right? Oh yeah, Dubu went back. <clears throat> he's on. Yeah, Bleak. he's he's with he's with Jackie on that on that new team. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that bleed lineup. Um, maybe it's because I don't really know anything about their mid laner, um, Hordan. But yeah, that that is not the lineup that I'm looking. At. I'm looking at Boom, Talon, Fnatic, Blacklist. Those are like my four that I look at as. Is? potentially top four i don't know if smg is going to turn things around with mid one uh you know that was one of those lines you could you know, expected to be a contender and they just weren't last year really is blacklist um just an old tnc team yeah like like completely top to bottom because raven cuckoo tims and carl all play together on tnc right yeah and au has definitely played on tnc at some point in time um i don't know if he played on it the same time as those other guys it looks like he was there in 2018 player. and also in 2015 for a small stint. So maybe there has to be some crossover. Yeah, I'm sure there's some, but yeah, all TNC alumni at least you can say that. <laughs> Is it like fucking everybody? <laughs> I mean, it's like infamous and, and Peruvian players, and yeah, yeah, it's kind of <laughs> like that. If you're a if you're a Filipino player, probably played on TNC at some point. You alluded to to China potentially being in a bad spot, and I think that at least that's a pretty predominant Western narrative right now. Uh, I, I'm seeing it quite a bit on Reddit. You see it with the retirements that have happened. You see it when looking at your, the DPC page and not knowing like what is really going on with all these teams. Um, CDEC gave up their spot. RNG gave up their spot, which I'm also not excited about. <sighs> what uh, What is interesting about China? I, I mean, I, I don't know, like... PSG can't have had an upgrade, right? Um, this this what no. what is what is left of the RNG team can't be an upgrade, right? Like, yeah. What's exciting uh, here for you? I mean, what's exciting is new talent, which has always been mm -hmm. a problem for uh, China in general. I think the DPC 
Um, and not necessarily DPC, but like China in general has always done a good job with junior, uh, junior squads, right? They have these like academic type, like build up squads where they could just like seed and then like pull whatever, whoever stands out. Um, so I think, but there is, I think more fresh players, more fresh names than probably any other season for China. So IG is like basically all new sans emo. Yeah, I mean, so that is a, I think that is a good thing for a region that does seem to be stagnating uh, or even going on the decline. And you compare that to like North America, right? And hey, it's like you see the same names. They're just put in different spots, you know, like, oh, now this guy who was in Div 2 is now in Div 1. This other guy who's Div 1 is in Div 2. But like, really, it's just reshuffling the same fucking mm-hmm. names that you see all the time. Um, so that is the upside <laughs> comparing them to an even uh, the deadest region i would say i am excited about one thing in china and maybe this is because i really uh like watching ghost play is i think that extreme gaming had a real glow up and for mm. me who again ignorant to a lot of the new chinese players don't know what's going to happen the, the the new lineup of, of ghost adding of extreme adding ghost and jt who are two malaysian players feels feels really solid to me and they're probably the team that i'm going to be looking at uh as long uh along with me you know criticizing psg lgd yeah i mean they've got pyw and dy so they're kind of they're they're a little op in that regard their support duo is really good eastern europe most people are talking about this bat boom team that bat boom team is super stacked pure gpk nightfall save toronto tokyo uh toronto tokyo playing five toronto tokyo playing five so he has moved into a different role uh in doing my research um for ti and like going through interviews and stuff i had the because i think toronto tokyo in some ways was like the quietest of the bunch Mm -hmm. um and the more I learned about him uh, from what his teammates and, and what he said specifically, uh, the more I valued him. Um, so I think him moving into the five position could be good, could be bad. Um, but I think him in general as a teammate on any Dota lineup is very valuable. Um, we'll see whether or not his ideas of Dota, or maybe it's not even his ideas because they have save on the team. Uh, and he's always been a captain. Um, so maybe Toronto Tokyo is actually going to play more of a, a backseat. Uh, and he's not going to be a captain. He's just going to be a play, playing five, which uh, there's only a, a number of those out there, really. Um, but yeah, this lineup is, this is an all-star lineup. And it's one of those lineups. It's a that super team is, lineup. Like uh, truly, it's a super team lineup. Yeah, yeah. So look for them to be the favorite for first. And if they don't make, uh, if they're not in the points by like for for Ti by the end of the third season or leading up to the major or something like, if they're not going to the third major, expect uh, some sort of roster uh, changes because this is the lineup that you're expecting. You're not just trying to get first in your region. You're trying to get first at majors. You're, this is a lineup that is built to win TI. Um, it's that kind of lineup. So I want to know more about the about Toronto leaving Spirit because he was the only one who left. Correct? They just picked up a new. Uh, they picked up Laurel. Yeah, they picked up Laurel, who was on the previous uh, Bent Boom. He was the one who, uh, for my money, 
made their lineup kind of work because they had um, uh, the streamer guy. I forgot his name. Sorry. Uh, he was playing from the safe lane. He was playing off laners to Hawk. Uh, he was playing um, off laners from the safe lane, and their off laner was kind of playing carries. And Laurel was the one who kind of mm -hmm. uh, made everything work. Yeah, I, I want. I want to know what happened there. Like, I'm actually just curious if there was like a amicable split of if they're like, yeah, something didn't work out in Toronto's. Like, I'll I'll leave because uh, it did seem like that they had you know some something of a of a kinship going on. So yeah, I'm Team Spirit. Uh... <laughs> I have to imagine that they got a decent percent uh, of the of the TI winnings. Uh, I have to imagine because they their lineup was not a lineup uh, player wise. They were not set up to be like this is a TI winning team. Uh -huh. So most of the time, it means players are more okay with the organization taking a cut. Uh -huh. uh, then on top of that, all of their massive amount of content that Team Spirit has been putting out since they won TI. Uh, I, I have to imagine they got a, a decent amount of money uh, from that. Uh, that is entirely in my head. I have no, I have no information. I, that's I, true, I would, but. I would add to that uh, theory that you also see saw Team Spirit more aggressively expand into other games after the TI win. Yeah, yeah. So I think um, that is sort of evidence that they they had a, a flush of cash, and they've done a lot with it. Um, so they've been honestly one of the best organizations in Dota when it comes to all the content they're putting out. Maybe some of that is just the players and their willingness to do it uh, because their players are very, uh, very giving uh, when it comes to their ideas about Dota and like how games went and stuff like that. I mean, they'll, they'll go through their matches as content. Um, it's super, super good content. Um, so I hope that they continue that. We'll probably get some insight. I haven't checked into it, but we'll probably get some insight into what exactly... Um, that came down team-wise about yeah. that. Yeah, we'll have to follow up on that one. Does any other team in Eastern Europe excite you, aside from Beppu being a super team? Um, I know, like, like Ramses um, is a team with Roger. Uh, Navi, Vtune is, like, still hanging out on Navi. Uh, Virtus Pro is a team of names that I don't know at all. <laughs> um, yeah, looking at this lineup, um, the VP one is kind of interesting to me because obviously they're a big organization and it seems like, uh, they're, they've been, because they did that whole divestment thing that they're now okay to be back, uh, as Virtus Pro instead of Outsiders, which was some weird puppet thing. Um, I don't know if they're like just trying out, uh, like newish talent. Because um, all of these names I recognize, but none of them am, am I like, oh yeah, he belongs on a he belo he's uh, he should be on a team that gets first place in Eastern Europe, you know. Um, but I would not consider myself an insider for Eastern Europe, at least not right now. Mm -hmm. uh, Ducalis was really good for that Puck Champ lineup, I think. Um, I mean, he's a support, so I assume he was a big reason that they had so much success that one season. Uh, noticed, I think, is pretty legit player. He's uh, the one name that like stood out for me. The other three guys, I don't really know a whole lot. But because they invested in this lineup, you know, seems maybe they believe in these guys, and somebody somewhere knows more about them than I do. So that one's kind of interesting to me. Same goes with the Navi and Nikki Cool. I don't know who that guy is, but uh, yeah. Fresh talent is always good to see. Yeah, it feels like to me that there's three regions that are really in the wait and see camp, and we'll know 
what is shaking up in you know a month or two and eastern europe's one of those eastern europe china and southeast asia for me feel a little crap shooty and i'll be interested to see what narratives just evolve out of them as as we sure. learn like what rosters are working together because ultimately like a lot of this is what rosters are going to work together i think a lot of people called out for bet boom that like this looks like the potential for like not only the highest skill ceiling but the highest uh, tilt floor <laughs> that could that could exist so you know what have you yeah um there's a single region i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm getting messages from jenkins right now uh-huh and i i'm not gonna say exactly what he said but he's pretty much telling me that he's going to spread a lie about me <laughs> he's just actively telling me that he's gonna spread a lie about me because uh, you know jenkins does this sort of shit so yeah yeah he's 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 very very neurotypical he's just he's just <laughs> yeah he's a fun guy i i very much appreciate him look out for that lie that's gonna come up in the near future <laughs> yeah if he starts saying that i'm a cannibal or or some something of lesser degree and you know then you'll know what i'm talking about okay noted western europe last region uh the boring region is it the boring region or is it the most exciting region yeah they're the boring region because they made ti less hype (laughs) (laughs) or if you're who the fuck cares three teams from the same region in the top three what a snooze no other team could beat them what what other region beat them the answer was none of them the answer was none of them all i'm saying is you you guys are killing dota western europe Okay, I, I will I will fall on that sword and be responsible. Uh, is ATF a good move for Enigma? I got a hot take on this one. It's not a bad move. It's definitely not a bad move. 100%. Uh, how well he's going to slot into being carry? Um, I mean, I think he's good with some ale. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be good with mind control uh and stuff like that but they needed a change for sure and this seems like a pretty big one because amar is a pretty active voice he's a big voice uh when it comes to drafting and team communication and i think nigma needed a big change and this is a big one considering you're only changing one player i have no idea how Amar and Kuroki are going to get along. Yeah, that'll be an interesting one. I mean, Amar, I think... <laughs> I have no idea how that's going to happen. Yeah, Kuroki Amar is doesn't gonna have really to... seem to, yeah. uh, to to guard his opinions very well. He's pretty uh, open and honest about his feelings. So if he thinks you're, gonna, you're doing something stupid, I think he's going to save that. So... Uh, I think that'll be pretty interesting with an old dog like Kuro, right? Because before he was on an, a very young lineup in OG, Taigo was the veteran, quote-unquote, uh-huh. of OG, and he's relatively uh, young himself. So it'll be interesting to see how he pairs up with someone who is so uh, revered and has a very long history in Dota and is probably, like, you know, for better or for worse, probably set in his ways when it comes to his ideas about Dota. Mm-hmm. Uh, Immortal Faith left Gaming Gladiators. I gave him a lot of credit for what was going on there. Don't know if that's justified. Boom left Gaming uh-huh. Gladiators. 
They picked yeah. up Quinn, which we lightly touched on. Good move for Quinn? I mean, if you want to be winning a TI, yes, it's a good move. I mean, <laughs> every North American player, they, they should have been thinking about this. And I think all of them did consider it in some way. Uh, but then snaking winning TI really, like, cements it. Uh, it cements the trend. And I know a lot of players were looking to, like, go to Europe. And I think all of them had that idea, you know, before. Mm -hmm. But they held on to the relics of the past. Uh, then snaking wins TI. And, uh, you know, I think we're like, all right, if, if I want to win, if I want to achieve my dream, which is winning TI and not just getting going. top eight, maybe. You know, you know, going and getting seventh, eighth, or something like that. If you want to win TI, you got to go to the best. And Quinn is one of the best mid laners when it comes to certain aspects of being a mid laner. I think he's absolutely one of the best. Um, he is well credited for being an incredibly good laner. Um, and we'll just see how he fares in that field. I, I'm going to be super interested to watch those games. I mean, it's not the first time that Quinn has been in Europe, um, but I think it is a different Europe than it was three years ago during COVID times or whatever that was. I, this, this to me feels like a real put up or shut up season for Quinn. Like if he yeah. does not perform well, then, then I think that his stock really goes down which which feels obvious to say right but i i don't know if he has fully fully proven himself outside of the region right i guess some international but uh the, the, the i will team... say one thing about quinn is that uh even if he doesn't prove himself as a mid laner uh to be like you know uh w one of the best mid laners in western europe and therefore probably the world uh if he doesn't prove that that doesn't necessarily i think spell the end of his career because from what I understand of him is that he is pretty valuable as a voice um, in in the game. Um, so if you want a leader type person, I'm not saying he's necessarily a captain, but if you want somebody who does add voices, uh, he is a good person to have in that regard. So I could see a world where he, he transitions to a different role in the future. Secret gets a new mid laner. That person is Boom. Yeah, I mean, they had probably the best player in the world, so anybody else is probably going to be a downgrade, um, but they're still a top-tier team. Expect them to be a top-tier contender. Um, I doubt that they're getting kicked out of Division One. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think, if anything, Chrysalis um, will probably just continue to have a trajectory upwards, um, given the success they had at TI and the confidence that comes with that and stuff like that. Yeah. I, I think Secret's probably fine, but it's, I mean, losing Nisha is, that's rough. Entity lost, who did Entity lose? Entity lost Pure, because Pure went back to Eastern Europe, and they picked up... Yes. Watson, who is um, pretty highly regarded. I mean, this is a guy who makes appearances in the top 10 all the time when it comes to the European leaderboard. So I think it is a... Not a downgrade. I think it's a pretty decent replacement to Pure, though I still think Pure, uh, I would still hold them in very high regard. Um, I'm a little bit surprised Stormstormer didn't go anywhere. I mean, I talked to that guy at TI, and I know he that he like he said that he and his team talked and they weren't looking to make any changes. And but you know, like obviously he was probably getting offers, uh, as were other people like Pure. So I'm a little bit surprised to see Stormstormer still in that lineup. 
um, because they do he's think that too much of a romantic. A like if he, he if he's being loyal to a team like that, that probably has a lifespan on it. <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, it, it, sounds like he's it being also little. could be like like of the lineups that had an opening. Team Secret was probably the biggest one, right? Because uh, Liquid kind of already had Nisha. So Secret, it could be that they tried out Stormstormer and they liked Boom more. That's entirely possible. Maybe it's, it wasn't his decision to stay on this lineup. Maybe, but like, because really, like, what other options are there? Gaming Gladiators, I feel like you're, like... That's you're a, either that's going down grade. or even, you know, yeah. it's, it's a, yeah, you're not going, actually going up in that regard. So, um, Nygma held on to some ale, so you're not going there. OG kept to BZM. So if you're a mid laner, there's actually not really other options. So, yeah. Um, Watson, I'm looking at his history. He really just played, you know, for bait and Hellraisers. So his career is pretty young. It'll be interesting to see yes. how he, how he develops ultimately, especially uh, in the, in the you know, position. I, I, you give all, I don't know if it's Dendi, but I assume it is. But, you know, like he's got good eyes for talent. There are so many people who went through that lineup of bait and ended up on much, much better lineups afterwards. <laughs> so, uh, you know, he's got he's got an eye for talent. Um, OG, they picked up DM. Massive pickup. Uh, I think DM is... I hold DM in very high regard um, just because of the conversations that... Uh, I've had with him um, going all the way back when he subbed in for Chaos Esports, I think, at like a Summit. Um, yep, that, way that back happened. in the day. Does that sound right? Yep. Okay. Yep. Well, Green it Jersey a false chaos. memory. Yeah. Implanted by the government. So that's a real thing. Um, yeah. I, I hold that guy in pretty high regard. Um, him and ATF have very different play styles. So who knows how that changes OG, you know? I used to have this theory that ATF might be hard to work with based on nothing but what I've seen of him. <laughs> I mean, sure, but that isn't always a bad thing. That's tr- I mean, they won trophies together. So, like, is it a real bad thing? No. Yeah, I mean, I- I've heard so many things about, like, uh, strife and conflict being, like, the building blocks for teams that win TI. You know, like, when you get through those sort of things and you figure out stuff, the last thing I think you want on a roster is people not addressing problems. And I think Amar is probably someone who addresses, like, if he feels oh, I like think something he is problems. not good, I think he addresses those problems. And I, if you want to win, you need to be that way. Um, and if that creates conflict, okay. But, you know, trying at the end of the day, you're trying to, to win in an incredibly competitive field, uh, not just Western Europe, but the world. So, um. And then Liquid got Nisha. Liquid Nisha, yeah, you guys. Look at you, the Manchester City. I keep on seeing this one. I don't even, I don't know football, but the people keep on saying, oh, I, mean, I really like Liquid, but I feel like they're the Manchester City of Dota. You know, they're just buying up players, I, I assume. Is that accurate, uh, Europeans? It might be. People might think that. I don't think – I think that we have more personality. I think that Nisha was in the office for one day and we got him to talk on camera, which didn't happen before. I think he's probably the best mid laner. Yeah, because you, you bribed him with all your filthy dollars. God. You just threw euros at him and said, you get paid by the minute, kid. And you threw him $5,000 per minute that he talked. It is such a fucking... <laughs> 
I, a younger me would have spent more time on Reddit calling people stupid um, about this. <laughs> but, like, I, I, I'm really taking some of these on the chin. I don't know how – like, Blitz said it on multiple podcasts in multiple years with you. It's been ta- – Nisha talked about it in the interview a little bit. Um, I can it, – it's not a money thing. <laughs> and people find it so hard to believe that that could be the case. But it's not a money thing. That sounds like exactly what the spokesperson for the brand would say. It's not a money thing. Don't believe their lies. I, They're offering 10 times the amount of any other stop, Dota team. Stop. They're buying up everybody who beats them. Dude, Blitz uh, has a, a fucking note every single time they lose to a team. <laughs> he fucking writes the name down and then he puts a little tally mark. And whoever beats mm. Team Liquid the most, that's who he bribes with millions of dollars. God, what a what a shit show. Um, we have really good benefits, and people find it hard to believe that that could be attractive. All um, right, enough of your shilling for you Team know, Liquid. Anywho, I. Uh, I am very excited about the upcoming season. I th- I think that we are real contenders. Um, yeah. I'll be honest. I haven't even thought about my excitement for the next season. <laughs> <laughs> it's like one of those, like, I don't know if I'm working or not. So, like, if I'm not working, it doesn't matter how exciting the season is to me. No. So, let me think about that. Is this season exciting? I mean, Western Europe is, is interesting for sure. Um, that's a very competitive field. South is America Tundra definitely gonna, got. Is Tundra gonna ex- succeed? Does Nigma's pickup help them? How does how do Entity Secret and Gladiators play? Will Liquid succeed with a big lineup? I mean, will Exit like, B win a game? It, can Tundra play Dota without Wraith Pack? I feel like they probably can. Can Tundra play on an entirely new patch? That is a bigger question to me, but you know it's going to be a full season before we see a, a big patch. Uh, so you know, that, I think that's actually probably a big reason why. Like this patch is great. Don't get me wrong. Like I think this patch is very good. Um, you know, it's probably one of the better TI patches and stuff like that. But the map has been the same for so long. I feel like we haven't had one of those like big. Mm-hmm. game shaking mm-hmm. patches um in in a very long time mm-hmm. um so maybe that's part of the reason why i'm like because i just don't believe that there's going to be that big of a, a difference in the quota and like also so much of it could just be go down to like well post ti you know there are always teams who do not do well in the the post ti slump you know so even then, you're there. You're gonna be able to throw excuses their way. Let's say Tundra doesn't do shit. Well, who you know, they just want a TI, you know? Give me, uh, give give me some winners and losers from the off season. Let's round it out like that. <sighs> winners and losers. Okay, uh, Liquid. They got they paid enough money to get the best player in the world. Stop! People are gonna believe you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm in part doing this because I am going to do another podcast with Blitz, and I do know he's read the same Reddit comments that you have. So, I, you know, listen, I, I got to feed into these things. That way, Blitz is more incentivized to do another episode of the mm-hmm. podcast. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. you guys bought the best player in the world. Congrats, big winner. Um, I think I... that Arkosh is a big winner. 
big winner. Massive I think that winner. Is a massive Those winner. old losers on the old lineup washed away mm -hmm. and now clean, fresh start with a sick ass lineup that's going to win qualifiers, win division two, and go to a major this season. Not really. Let's, let's set the bar low. These guys aren't actually going to be scrimming just like the old roster. So uh, don't expect that. But maybe they, I could see them getting a division one, uh, which would be super cool. I think. Um, Secrets, Game and Gladiators, Entity, OG, they're all kind of just a sidestep, nothing major. Bet Boom, massive winner there. I mean, massive win for the organization, especially. The way they phrased it, something in the announcement, it's like they helped secure Pure, therefore they get this roster for the season. Okay, I don't, weird. Yeah, that was a really, when I read that, I was just like, what does that mean? <laughs> Does that mean they're like still in negotiations for the rest of the year, but like for this season there? Uh, I don't know, but obviously that's a massive win. That's a, a super team and a half. And, you know, considering the fact you have storied lineups like Virtus Pro, Navi, and literal TI winner Team Spirit uh, in there, the fact that you ended up with perhaps the highest uh, skill ceiling uh, roster in the region is pretty impressive. I think a I think a loser might be Beast Coast. Beast Coast loser because EG winner. <laughs> I think I think EG winner. I think EG winner. But I think that Beast Coast has existed in a bubble where they could theoretically be going to every major for the last two or three years. Um, and now it feels like a question mark if they're going to be on those stages. Yeah, when you and used maybe to they be, will the, be the de facto uh, number one in the region, and you're definitely not that anymore. Um, yeah, that's a that's a that's a loser for sure. Thunder Awaken, um, giant loser. They lost their entire team that got fit the TI. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that one feels pretty bad. Winner, loser in China. Um, extreme, extreme maybe. wins. I think. I mean, I just like J2E, so, you know, it's hard to say no to that. And PYW and DY are broken, so that's hard to say no. LGD, maybe loser. I know nothing about their offlaner, so, um, yeah, kind of hard to say in that regard. Uh, who else? Southeast Asia. Winner? Who is the winner in that? I mean, Talon as an organization probably upgraded because they didn't have great results yeah i i don't know who wins southeast asia I, I don't know who wins southeast asia i don't know who wins south america north america feels the same <laughs> i think that i think the tsm if, if i had to list losers i think tsm might be on the list of losers yeah um i mean i think there's a lot of question marks about the lineup i'm not I mean, then again, they did make grand finals last year. So most likely a loser. Unless this lineup is going to make another major grand finals, then in when we look back on it, it will be a downgrade. But uh, I'm I'm not super uh, set on that. Uh, sorry, I got caught up on this like boom roster uh, looking at it. I don't think we really talked about it, but like I'm I'm a really big Yopaj and FBZ fan. Um, we know so... that I'm in the Church of Ex Nova too, so you know. <laughs> true now we have a, a similar team to really pull for because now they have x nova mm -hmm. um and so instead of um 
Tim's and Skim, they have Zephyr and Ex Nova. Um, that one is... I think that one might be a winner just because of... It's a winner if they win. <laughs> yeah. I mean, 9th or 12th is not a bad placement whatsoever. They ended up losing to PSG-LGD. Um, so that's obviously a very respectable team. But I could see... Uh, I still think that this roster... This could be what gets Southeast Asia back into the top eight. Because they didn't get top eight this year, right? No. Eastern Europe, baby. So, or excuse me, Western Europe, baby. Yeah. Uh, I will support. Southeast Asia's best placement, I think, was Boom, which mm-hmm. was 9th through 12th. Yep. Uh, Fnatic, 13th through 16th. Talon, 17th through 18th. So, <laughs> I think that is a, a roster that definitely could could get Southeast Asia back into the top eight. I'm going to cheer for X and Nova for whatever team he plays on forever. Okay. All right. Easy peasy. Big boom fan. <laughs> oh, uh, well, well I, I think that that, I think that we did the thing. I, I th- th- it almost feels like, um, I don't want to say a chore, but like it's, it, it's, it's Christmas roster season. And we, we just decked the halls and got to go through all of it. And now we get to do an entire year of kind of talking about seeing if things work or not. I am already booking my tickets to all the majors because you know, Nisha and Mickey is gonna. I hope I can say the same. <laughs> to, I want to go to, to work, right? some of the rumor, rumored uh, cities that uh, the majors are going to be. Were those not in. confirmed, or have they just been like talked about very publicly but aren't confirmed? I, yeah, I don't know. Just talked about very publicly, but no, like no tournament organizer I think is going to come forward and be like, "We're doing the major right now," you know? Yeah. So. Uh, unlike the DPC, which are going to be starting soon. In fact, the qualifiers start tomorrow. Open qualifiers uh, actually may have already started for some regions. Tomorrow, North America starts. So we, uh, Arkosh, is actually going to be doing maybe a stream for that where we're uh, casting, I think. It could be me, SVG, and Slacks, or maybe not. If that doesn't end up happening, oh, listen, we barely got this roster in time. Everything else is <laughs> is was put to the side until we got the roster in and stuff like that. So we might be doing some sort of uh, stream creation thing around uh, Arkosh. Uh, look for that. But if it doesn't happen, please don't blame me. Okay. I, I am now have very high expectations, and I cannot wait to tune in to twitch.tv slash Arkosh Gaming uh, tomorrow. Or possibly other channels <laughs> i know nothing um yeah arkosh and old g i think are the teams that everybody's going to be watching these qualifiers for so for sure i look forward to it. i hope that you're going to do well not because of you not because of avery or jake but because uh because of max i have a meeting to go to and i must pee the podcast ends now bye